My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. Hey, sister, welcome to episode 303 of the We're Not Done Yet podcast, starting a special series right now to the emptiness, sister, and this, we're going to talk real stuff about the things that keep us from serving the Lord. There are some things that we need to get done with because we're not done serving the Lord. Not yet. Okay, so today we're going to talk about getting healed so we can get busy serving the Lord in this season of life. You know, I find myself that I don't think that my my thoughts and my dreams are drastically different than when I was 20 years old. But then I look in the mirror and I see my furrowed brow and my graying hair, hair and my weird old lady throat. What is the deal with that? And I feel miles from 20, like on the other side of the planet. My children are all grown. Their careers and families fill their lives. And that is just as it should be. But where does that leave me? I spent my years um, as, a, as a mom, as a homeschooling mom, as a homemaker. We traveled a lot. We moved a lot in the first 20 years of our marriage. We moved 11 times. And and that was crazy. And, and I had to set up a home and get things rolling so we could start school again. And then we lived um, here in San Antonio, where we have now been in San Antonio for as many years as we were in the military, which seems crazy. And now my nest is empty. And I have this strong feeling that something should be coming next. But then a sense also of an uncertainty of what that is. Um, I think that figuring out the question of what do we do now is our first and our biggest issue in the empty nest. And the thing that keeps us the most from fulfilling these years in a fruitful way are past hurts or disappointments or failures. They are like something that paralyzes us. How do we move ahead when something in life has been so hard that it's, it's really created issues for us? It's important to ask this question because we're supposed to keep going. And the first step forward into our next call in these empty nest years might require us to get some real healing from our past. And we all think, oh, you know, yeah, I'd love to be healed. But do we really? Because to move forward healed will mean we will have to deal with and leave behind the hurts of the past. There is a time when Jesus heals someone, and it's so fascinating to me that he asked the man, do you want to be healed? He visits, Jesus visits Jerusalem, this is earlier on in his ministry, and he goes to a man that is sitting at the pool of Bethsaida. And um, I actually got to visit here in Jerusalem, it's so cool. But this pool was not a, 
Jewish thing. It was more of a pagan thing where, where they would say, okay, when the waters get stirred, you can go down into the water and maybe you'll get healed. And there was a man who'd been an invalid for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, so we're in John 5, um, verses 6 through 9. It says, when Jesus saw him lying there, right there by the pool, knew he had already been there a long time. And Jesus said to him, do you want to be healed? The sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool. And when the water is stirred up and while I am going, another steps down before me. Okay, if you have not wet, watched the episode of The Chosen of this scene, it's um, in, I think it's in season two, go watch this, but finish the podcast, but then go watch that. It is so good. Okay, so this man has spent 38 years paralyzed. He's never been healed. But when Jesus asked him if he wants to be healed, his answer is very telling because he doesn't say, yes, yes, I want to be healed. He complains. No one helps him. Someone else gets in front of him. And I think his story can be, it's a very vivid lesson to me on these empty nest years. We have spent our adulthood, okay, so let's think of it as our 38 years tending others. And I'm not saying that homemaking is paralyzing. I'm just saying it offers a lot of opportunities for bitterness to grow. Because life is hard and people are difficult and tragedies and disease and financial ruin can come into our lives, um, unfaithfulness in marriage or difficulty in that relationship, all of that is hard. But besides that, besides those big hearts, most of our work of homemaking and nest building, it goes unnoticed. I mean, that's unless we don't do it, right? If you don't cook and everybody comes in and they go, well, what's for dinner, Right. And if you never cleaned up anything, then people might finally notice. But as long as things are supposed to be, they don't get noticed. Think about how many boo-boos you have kissed. Think about all the math you tutored when you didn't really understand it in the first place. Or the years of taxi service. I always, you know, when Uber came around, I'm like, man, this would have been great. I would have charged my kids for all the times we went to sports practices or piano lessons. There were times when I couldn't get new shoes because I had kids that seemed to be growing into a new pair of shoes every week. Oh my gosh, the coldest I have ever been was at soccer games in the winter. And I think the hottest was probably at track meets or at football games. And we stayed up late at night creating things for our kids. I mean, it's just, there's a lot. And a lot of it um, wears us out. Our hearts and our bodies and our emotions can just get worn out. And so we can lay by our pool of refreshment and not quite reach it, but blame everybody else. I can't just be the only one here. I don't want to be paralyzed after my 38 years. And I'm, I'm not on a normal basis, but there are days where I feel it. I feel it and I feel like someone, it's someone else's fault. Or I just curl up and moan and know that I could get up and get stuff done if someone would help me for once in my life. It's called a little pity party and I can throw a good one. But then my Savior kneels down, takes my hand and asks me, do you want to be healed? And I can't offer excuses in response. I know better at that moment, looking into Jesus' eyes, than to blame somebody else. Although there are times I am tempted. But yes, I 
want to get healed. I want to jump up and serve him. I want to pick up my bed of self-pity and indecision and confusion. And I want to walk after him. In fact, I want to run after him in obedience to whatever he calls me to now. And listen, honey, I don't believe Jesus requires us to ignore our struggles, but we do need to deal with them. And, and we can't just be a martyr. We need to deal with the things that really have paralyzed us. And so in the next few episodes, we're going to talk about some of those things, because I think we probably deal with some of the same things of being tired and angry and bitter and disappointed. What are we going to do with those? And as Jesus looks at us and says, do you want to be healed? The healer is calling us to life in his name. And the healing comes as truth pushes out our excuses. And Jesus, I'm sorry, not in Jesus. <laughs> Jesus says in John 5, 8, get up, take up your bed and walk. And at once the man was healed. He took up his bed and walked. Now that day was the Sabbath. Ah. Think about the Sabbath rest we would have if we were willing to take up our bed and follow Jesus. So as in these next few episodes, I discuss what we struggle with and what keeps us from getting healed. I just want you to, to let yourself be honest with Jesus. We don't have to get into a pool. We don't have a special place that we have to go. We just have to believe Jesus. We have to forgive the past hurts. We have to thank Jesus for the heartache he allowed into our life. We have to pick up our mat and think of this as our excuses or the blame we lay on others or the bitterness we keep close so the perpetrator of our hurt doesn't... Okay, I don't know what I just said. So the perpetrator, that's what I meant to say. The person who hurt us, let's say it that way. You know what? Our mat is that person who hurt us. We don't want them to get away with their wrong. So we keep it close. What if instead we got up and walked away from that bitterness? We could walk in the way he points out to us. We could walk to the people he has for us to minister to. We could walk in the obedience of forgiveness, of gratefulness, of long suffering. And we could walk in the obedience of love. We should get healed and then we should get busy following Jesus. Look in your healer's eyes. He doesn't want you to lay close to the healing, but allow excuses or resentment or unforgiveness to keep you paralyzed. He wants you to get healed and he wants to be the one to do it. So sister, let's start dealing with our things that are keeping us paralyzed, keeping us back from fully following Jesus right now at whatever age we are. And let's get up and let's walk. Oh, Jesus, our healer and our honest question asker, thank you for probing our hearts. Lord, reveal to us the places that we are hanging on to that are not in line with your will. Help us forgive. Help us rest those hurts in your hands for you to deal with and help us rest in you. And then as you heal us, oh Lord Jesus, help us get up and run after you in the fullness of your love to everyone you point to us. In the name of Jesus, amen.